Hi everyone, this is Diva from Blood Hunter and you're listening to the Metal Pit Podcast. Welcome to the Metal Pit Podcast, where we delve deep into the albums and bands that shaped metal. Please visit us on our website at www.themetalpit.org, and you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at The Metal Pit, and on YouTube at The Metal Pit 666. If you have any comments or album suggestions or questions about this podcast, please email us at podcast at themetalpit.org, which I just created that email so we could have maybe some suggestions from people listening. Today, oh, excuse me. Today I have with two with me two of my writers for the Metal Pit. We have Kenneth. How are you doing, Kenneth? I'm good, sir. How about yourself? Good. This is your third podcast. We've already sure. did Anthrax and Exodus together, so thrash metal seems to be a theme for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we have Billy, who's pretty new to the website a few months now, but he's lot he's wrote lots of album reviews. And you are both in Toronto area. And how are you doing, Billy? Oh, very good, uh, Blake. Thanks for uh, having me. Looking forward to it. Good. This, yeah, this is your first uh, podcast yep. episode. So I just thought I'd just mention that you're going to be off to Valken Festival this year in Germany again. This will be your tenth time going to this festival. Can you tell me maybe what band that you've seen over, over the first nine times you've seen it? Is there one band that stands out that would be your most favorite one that you've seen at Valken? Yeah, Blake. So, so, so many bands uh, that I can speak to, but probably one of the. I know this is a, a thrash uh, episode, but uh, one of the uh, the best performances was probably the uh, band uh, Sabotage. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it was a couple years ago. They did. Uh, they came out of uh, uh, whether you say retirement or their their extended break, but they did uh, a reunion show. <clears throat> but it was. Um, this amazing show because they did it with you you know they have that orchestra yes excuse me the uh the orchestra that many of the band members do uh the trans-siberian orchestra yes so what they did is they actually they you know whack it as two major stages side by side and so both played at the exact same time uh and they linked the light shows for the for the two stages and the uh the orchestra backed up sabotage just incredible like it's it just one of those moments that i'll remember for for my entire life uh just one of the best production shows ever That's awesome. I love I love Sabotage and I've never got to see them live. And I also love Trans-Siberian Orchestra, actually. And I did see them live once, like Christmas tour, I think it was. But yeah, that's awesome. And then next spring, you're going on the 70,000 tons of metal cruise. And this is your fifth time, I think, going. Now, I have the same question. Uh, is there any band that you've seen on the cruise that was the most special of all the cruises you've been on? Uh, one of the, uh, probably one of the most memorable was, uh, 2020. So perfect show to go to right before a pandemic is going to hit. Because it was like literally two months before or a month before everything shut down. And I got to see like 50 bands. So it, it was just sort of perfect. But, you know, there I'd say Exodus. Uh, they actually closed the festival. It was probably like one in the morning on the rooftop of the ship. Uh, it was actually uh, just recovering from a terrible storm. So the wind was blowing. Uh, and they actually played their entire Bonded by Blood from beginning to end. Oh, that would be just killer memory (laughs) and again the experience of being on a ship and the extreme wind and it's just totally unique something you never get yeah i'm not sure i could go on a cruise (laughs) (laughs) uh and what i forgot i guess uh what is who are you looking forward to seeing at valken this year i assume all the bands are mentioned mostly is there one band that you really want to see 
Yeah, I mean, uh, w one thing that interests me uh, is Iron Maiden. Uh, so they're headlining the show. So always uh, a great show. Uh, on the death metal side, Deicide's doing a, a special version of their Legion album, playing the whole thing beginning to end. Um, and then, you know, Halloween, I did just see them, but it's great to see them, you know, in front of their hometown, uh, hometown crowd, 75,000 people. That's really cool. So, yeah, I mean, I think we're looking at probably two, 300 bands over four days. Um, so just amazing stuff. And how many bands are on the cruise usually? Uh, uh, 50 to 60 uh, mm. on the cruise. The really unique thing about the cruise, though, is every band plays twice. So, like, you know, if you go to a festival, you're always getting overlaps that, that kill you. But on the yes. cruise, because they play twice, if you do a little bit of planning, you can catch everybody. Yes, it's it sounds really good, but I just, I'm not, I, I can't swim. Not that you have to swim to go. But. <laughs> I'd just be freaking out. I hope I don't hit an iceberg. Whatever. <laughs> That's a Canadian in me talking. Okay. So, and today, uh, I don't think I even mentioned this yet. We're going to talk about Slayer today. I don't think I mentioned that yet. And I'll just give a little quick bio for anybody that just woke up from a coma for the last 40 years, I guess. Or maybe it's 50. I'm not sure. Slayer is, of course, an American thrash metal band from California. Or they were, as they aren't don't exist anymore, but they were formed in 1981 by guitarist Kerry King and Jeff Heineman, and drummer Dave Lombardo, and bassist singer Tom Araya. Of course, Slayer's fast and aggressive musical style made them one of the big four bands of thrash metal, along with Metallica, Megadeth, and Anthrax that did that tour. I don't know, probably 10 years ago now that they did that tour. Slayer's final lineup when they uh retired had and their farewell tour which i'm happy to say slayers only did one farewell tour not like some bands that i won't mention <laughs> unless of course they come back and ruin everything i just said but anyway it was araya carrie king paul paul bostaff on the drums and gary holt who is of course in exodus was the Oh, and there's also, a, I don't know, it's John, John Deddy was also a member of the band, but I don't think he was on the last tour, but I could be wrong about that. They have released 12 studio albums, which really isn't that many when you consider how long they've been together, but I think they toured so much is probably why <laughs> they didn't. And of course, we know Slayer and we know uh, all the bad uh hype they got from their lyrics about torture and organized crime and terrorism and religion and anti-religion war and all that stuff but that's probably what made them more popular too to the kids <laughs> at that time uh today we're going to talk about their third album rain in blood which a lot of people consider their best album and one of the best metal albums ever it was from 1986 and one thing I did discover preparing for this podcast that I never knew before, and I didn't go look it up to watch it, but Tom Araya made a guest appearance on Suicidal Tendencies video for their song Institutionalized. Yep. And I guess he's the one that pushes Mike Muir in the video. And <laughs> I always remember, I love that. I love Suicidal Tendencies and I love the video, but I never knew that information until now. So I need to go back and watch the video so I can see a, whatever 18-year-old, probably Tom Araya. <laughs> in a suicidal tendencies video anyway so let me okay we're going to talk about billy i'm going to ask you first when did you first hear slayer or maybe rain and blood whichever came first i guess yeah uh like i would say probably i mean my first album is definitely rain and blood so so a great way to start uh it, it was after the album was released like i'm gonna say probably 87 uh, at some point uh, just before south of heaven the following year uh, mm -hmm. and it just like i remember this so vividly um you know like at the time you know the music i listened to i got into metal like 84 85 you know bands like van halen acdc uh twisted sister kind of the you know the the, the lighter stuff if you will uh and i remember going into the record store seeing uh that the 
the Rain and Blood album. And hey, I got to have this thing. It was cassette, I believe, if I remember right. Uh, I remember taking that thing home and, and listening it to, to the first time. So going from like Twisted Sister, Van Halen to Slayer, uh, I mean, it was complete shock and awe. Uh, it, it was probably the best thing I ever heard. Just just nonstop intensity, uh, controlled aggression, just, just amazing stuff. Uh, and it was my gateway to like, it was what else can I get? Like other heavier music that'll come up in, in my, you know, top uh, 86 list. Uh, but, but it really was uh, opened the door for me to, to heavier and, and certainly much faster music, uh, killer stuff. That's cool. And then Kenneth, when did you first hear Slayer? Um, well, it was back in 86. So not long when the, before the, re when the record had just come out. I used to work for a pool company uh, during the summers and it was a family run business. So they had, had another guy working in the back who's considered this kind of a fuck up guy. Um, I liked him. He was into metal. So we both got along and he kept talking about Slayer. And I was like, Slayer, what are you talking about? Who is this band? So he actually brought in the vinyl record for me. So I took it home and with a couple of my buddies, we listened to it and it just blew me away. I was like, what the hell is, is this? That scream in the beginning, the, the speed, the aggression, and the fact that it's not even 30 minutes long blew yeah. the hell out of me. It was like, I've never heard anything like this. I was flabbergasted, but like Billy, once I heard that, I was like, okay, I got to hear more. I need more and more and more. And uh, yeah, so I, I love Slayer ever since. So Rain and Blood is also your first Slayer album? Um, no, it's not my first. I, I did hear uh, the, the two earlier albums, but I never really paid attention oh, to them. okay. But this was the album that I actually did start paying attention to Slayer. Okay. Now, well, for me, now I did, I listened to the Show No Mercy. I got the first album now that's so long ago. I can't really remember why, if I just bought because I was into... Because this is, I mean, Show No Mercy was the same year as uh, Kill Em All, right? Metallica. So I know I heard Metallica first, and that opened the doors for Thrash. So I don't know. I can't, I just can't remember if I was told, okay, Slayer's Thrash Metal, so I had to get it. Or if I seen the cover of it, or if I heard it. I can't remember any of that. But I do know I got the, I had the vinyl for Show No Mercy. So I knew Slayer right from the start. Right. And I like that. I like Show No Mercy. I, actually, my favorite Slayer album is the first one. I don't know if it's sentimental reasons, but it's still my favorite Slayer album, Show No Mercy. And then I liked Hello Waits. And then Rain and Blood came along. And I'm sure I just bought every Slayer album when it came out back then. Anyway, that's for sure. Yeah. So now what's good? To, okay, so let's get talking about the album. And we'll start with the first track, which, of course, is one of the most recognizable Slayer songs. And it definitely fits in with the title called Angel of Death. And I'll let you actually, I'll say something I have. This is the only song I have a lot written about. <laughs> so, let me, so, let me so this song was wrote by Jeff Hanneman. He wrote the lyrics and the music, I believe. And of course, it's about a Nazi uh, physician, Joseph Mengele, if I'm saying that right who did human experiments at the Auschwitz concentration camp during World War II. Apparently, this song is one of the reasons the album was delayed in being released, because the label that they did have didn't want to release it because of the song and the Nazi stuff that was in it and racism. So I I, forget, I didn't write down, but I think they went to a different label and they were like, well, we don't care or something. I don't know. That's why I probably have it on Bonsai Records. I don't know what it was for people in the United States. So I can't I didn't look that up. But anyway, so this is one of the great songs. This is one of my favorite songs off the album. And it's also the second most songs. The second most song they have played live through their whole career was this one, Angel of Death. They played it 1,843 times. I'm getting that off setlist.fm. So take that information as you will. But only one song has been played live more than this one. And that's also on this album. And I'm sure you can guess which one that is. So uh, let's start. Uh, Kenny, what do you think of Angel of Death? Oh, this is actually one of the, one of the greatest opening songs in any metal album, in my opinion. Like it, it hits you right at the beginning. You get uh, Ares Tom's uh, scream to start out, and it's relentless from beginning to end. 
And yeah, those lyrics are are very daring for the time because I don't know what what musician or any writer would want to write about you know Nazi Germany and all the experiments that happened because Oshawa and all the, the Auschwitz and all those that stories are really really horrible. So the mm -hmm. fact that he wrote it is interesting. Mm -hmm. um, I do know that uh, he was reading books on earlier Slayer tours, all about uh, Nazi Germany and the Reich, the Third Reich, and I think he also, if I remember in one interview I read, he was collecting Nazi uh, memorabilia as well. Um, so he was, he had a large fascination with that stuff. So that song, that song he'll, uh, for me, even though I know he's passed on, will be the song that he's best remembered for in my mind. And I think the other thing for me is uh, when that song came out, they all, it was also a, a bit of a change for the band because obviously their first two albums are more about Satan and all about Satanism. And this album they decided with this song, it's a departure from the two previous records. So yeah, it's it's one of the best opening songs I've ever heard. I, lo I love that song like yourself, it's, it's so strong. Excuse me, and Billy, what do you think of the song? I know you like the song too, obviously. Yeah, no, I mean, I, mean, I think I'll probably echo Kenneth a lot here, but I mean, for me, uh, some might say arguably, but for me, it is the best metal song ever written, uh, in my opinion. Uh, I mean, that opening riff is so memorable. I mean, I played this so many times, my wife who hates heavy metal. When this song comes on anywhere, she's like, hey, that's Slayer, right? Like, I mean, that's how often I played this album. But, you know, you know Kenneth mentioned it, that, you know, Tom's opening scr uh, scream uh, in the song. I mean, uh, Dave Lombardi drumming is kind of killer um and then sort of at the three to four minute mark you know yeah you know you got carrie and jeff trading these like you know chaotic guitar solos and then it goes into that the most famous metal you know like 30 seconds or 10 seconds ever you know tom's kind of infamous like double bass uh drumming and then it goes silent and then it's just amazing the song is heavy metal perfection in my eyes um and again, you know, uh, lyrics and writing aside, you know, I mean, certainly, you know, that's some serious heavy stuff and, you know, certainly nothing to uh, that that we should, uh, you know, it, it was some horrible things that were done. And so, you know, it's just forgetting sort of that that kind of uh, lyrical content, but uh, just music wise, best metal song ever, in my opinion. Yes. And, and these people that always, you know, try to stop people from saying what they want to say right <laughs> it's yeah. not like he's a nazi it's just that he's fascinated by the storyline and you know and angel of death is a great title for a metal song <laughs> especially a slayer one <laughs> and then we go on to piece by piece this song is only two minutes and two seconds long so obviously it's fast so, oh, and this one is the song off this album that they played the least live. I don't know if that means anything, but so what do you think of Piece by Piece, uh, Billy? Yeah, so, you know, Blake, as you said, two minutes. I mean, uh, this song has the tough job uh, of following <laughs> up probably the best song, as I've said, in metal history. So it's going to be, you know, uh, pretty tough for anything. But, um, you, you know, again, just another fast, rapid, you know, rapid pace song uh, moves quickly in and out two minutes, uh, you know, controlled aggression, angry, fast, intense are words that come to mind, you know, more brutal lyrics you know always that line tearing limbs piece by piece is like you know always remember you know that and again Dave's drumming kind of a standout again here just so intense I mean he's beating those drums up like it's just crazy and the production you know applies to the whole album like the drumming is just like pummeling non-stop through the album just fantastic stuff and Kenneth yeah, I agree with Billy pretty much like he he's nailed it head on with the song itself. Um, the one the one side note to production, though, the one thing I do know that um, Rick Rubin brought to the band was their production to basically sharpen and tighten the sounds. And that was the one thing I know that Kerry King had commented on many times that they were impressed that he was able to help the band bring that to bring that sound out for them more because in the first two albums, the, their major complaint was the production. Um, so here they everything gets tightened everything is fast quick it's brutal 
and tums <laughs> he's just trying to keep up with, with with the guitars like he's just spitting out those vo- those uh, words like they're it, it's so insane yeah. and uh yeah he did a really good job with that that's that's the one thing i like about tom is how he kept up with 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 the rhythm and that ag- aggressive sound going all the way through it yeah i don't even know how he says the words so fast actually <laughs> <laughs> it's more or less like he's just kind of talking and he's just uh i don't know they're all just going so fast and i think that dave lombardo actually quit slayer after this album and i think it's probably because his arms are so tired from playing so fast (laughs) on this album he said i can't do this anymore (laughs) yeah he did quit for a time um yes he did come back yeah rick rubin was the one who brought him back he kept calling him every day to to come (laughs) back so eventually he picks him up in a porsche he drives up with his Porsche, picks him, picks him up, takes him to the studio, and he came back to the band. And from my understanding, I think uh, a lot of it was was about money. Yeah. Uh, even way back then, he was kind of pissed that he didn't, he wasn't getting his his uh, share of, of the uh, of you know the, what the band was making. So mm-hmm. uh, from my understanding, that Rick actually gave him a salary. Supposedly, that's what what I heard. So and then he came back to the band for for a few more years. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And I noticed he, he had a he had an album out. This has anybody heard his album? He had a solo album. I don't know if it's instrumental. I didn't even pay attention. Have you, so Dave, have you heard that? Which Dave's? Yeah, Dave Lombardo had it. Yeah, album. he he did release a solo album. Um, was it a few years ago? I think it was. Yeah. No, I, had, I, I think it was just this year. I, I thought it was yeah, just okay. this. You're probably right. Yeah, I, okay. I know it was fairly recent. I wasn't sure exactly when it came out. Yeah, he, he did Blake release uh, it uh, probably about a month ago. Uh, okay. It's really, I, I don't have, I don't own the album, uh, but I did listen to a few tracks online. It, it, very interesting and unique. It's almost solely drumming. Oh, is it? Um, okay. So, so like, you know, a, a great album, I think, for a drummer. A little harder to listen to, you know, without the guitars and everything else. Yeah. On, but yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, well, he's still, I mean, again, he's out there, you know, the misfits and suicidal tendencies. He's playing with everybody. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he, he's got no shortage of things to do. Well, he's in that, oh, oh, I forget the name of the group, but the one Mike Patton's a singer in. Oh, yeah, uh, Mr. Bungle. Oh, no, there's another, no, there's another one. Uh, sorry. Why do I forget the name? Doesn't matter now, but I'll, I'll look the name up after I, and I'll get back to that. <laughs> Well, we go to the next song, which is even shorter. What is this? Okay, yeah. this, this is necro, see, necrophobic, which of course is a fear of death. And this is another blistering song. And I don't know how you can fit two guitar solos in a song that's only a minute and 40 seconds long. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but they do. So, Ken, what did you think of this track? The, this is actually, for me, the star of this song is actually Tom again. Because he just spits out lyrics and it's like you can see he's like just basically trying to keep up for the whole song and he does a really good job with it. But um, yeah, I don't really have a lot to say about it. It's, it, it the, the album, or at least at this, by the third song, they're getting into kind of a formula here. Um, but it's, uh, <laughs> I always, I was always amazed at Tom's vocal style and the way he just sat there. He's just spitting out words just to keep up. But it's a great song as well. Lots of aggression, pretty nasty. Um, yeah, you wouldn't go wrong with this song either. And Billy, what do you think? Yeah, I, I mean, it, it really is interesting. I, I think, you know, Ken kind of nailed it. Um, yeah, I mean, just, just another short, aggressive song. I mean, this album is so unique, like 30 minutes you've got, and maybe I'm jumping slightly ahead, but, you know, it opens with the best song in metal, probably closes Raining Blood with the second best song in metal. And then you've got these like seven tracks in the middle that are all you know not all equally intense but just short two three minute tracks that just keep the intensity going and you know necrophobics uh you know exactly the same thing um yeah and again just just another line like i I always remember you know like you know tom you know just shouting the ripping apart severing flesh tearing limb from limb i mean again just so like brutal and you know I, i as a teenager 
like you know just just the lyrics added so much intensity uh to the music uh, so so yeah just you got you know the first song second song third song they're, they're just the the intensity keeps going uh which is my love for the album it's just brutal you know it's short 30 minutes but you can't handle anymore right like you're just spent <laughs> after the 30 minutes yep. well see i think that's my my why I don't like this album as much, like, not why, because you guys don't seem to care with the length, but I was bothered by that it was only 28 minutes long, because <laughs> I thought, geez, it's only 28 minutes long. So I really like the first Slayer album and then uh, Hell Awaits, right? And I think, I don't know if it was just because it was so short, it was so fast, all the songs are just 100 miles an hour or 160 <laughs> kilometers an hour. Um, <laughs> but uh I don't know. To me, it's, I just, I need, I would like a little bit longer than some of these songs. And so that's probably just why I don't like it. I, and I also like South of Heaven better than this one too, but it's a little slower, right? It's probably still not that long. Slayer never really did make very many long albums, did they? I don't even think even in their last albums, they were just used to making short albums, but that's probably my only, my downfall of it and why I didn't get into it so much because it was over so fast. And it was like, bam, where's, there's no, but anyway, so let's get to do altar. Am I right? Yeah. Altar of sacrifice. And this is a long one. This is almost three minutes long. (laughs) 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 And and I don't know this song. I don't know. What do you think the song's about? Does anybody care about the lyrics? Uh, How about Ken? Do you, you, maybe what do you think the lyrics are about in the song? Yeah. Sacrifice, sacrificing somebody to Satan. It's obviously, it's one of their, um, throwback songs to from the first two albums um at least that's what i get out of it but really like again there's a you know the crazy vocals which are just rabid all the way through the riffs are aggressive the song itself is just it, it just grabs you doesn't stop doesn't let up um i like that song it's I'm, i don't know if it's one of my favorites on the album but I, but i do like it a lot yeah, but uh, the yeah the first two albums are more about Satan, right? Then this right. one they kind of went on you know a bunch of different ways. But yeah, the song does kind of go back to the first that, two albums lyrically. Yeah, that's I guess kind of what I what I felt. Yeah, and what do you think of Altar of Sacrifice, Billy? <laughs> Yeah, I like it. So it's interesting. Here we roll into this song uh, and after the intensity of the others, and this song's totally intense as well, but probably the pace like moderates a little bit here on this one. Uh, they do sort of slow it and slow it down. I mean, for, for Rain and Blood slowing it down, but um, so that's cool that, that you know, we, we get a, there's a little bit more uh, versatility. Even Tom singing, uh, you know, he, it's a little more versatile. I would say it's not just all out like intense spewing uh you know he's mixing it up a little bit so that's pretty cool some like really evil sounding riffs yeah again you got carrie and jeff just shredding a couple really good solos and you know with with this super length for for this album three minutes they actually have time (laughs) to do some uh some longer solos so so that's pretty cool but yeah another great song here Yes, and I found the the band I was trying to think of was Dead Cross, of course, with Mike Patton's oh, vocalist okay. and Dave Lombardo's on drums. That's the group I was trying to think of. He might have been in Mr. Bungle too, was he? I don't remember. Yeah, I think he, he, yeah, okay. he was in Mr. Bungle. Yeah. 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 Okay, then we go to Jesus Saves, and I don't think this is a religious plus song, but... Uh, <laughs> uh, Billy, what do you think of Jesus Saves? Yeah, so so one of my uh, one of my favorites on the album, really, uh, again, just filled with uh, memorable uh, riffs from the album. Just you know, uh, uh, rips your face off again, right? Just, just intense and fast. Uh, and again, Tom just shines on this thing, just like pounding away on the drums. You know, I mean, these sort of middle five or six songs were going to sound kind of repetitive here. You know. And there, there's a bit of duplication in approach, but just another great song in the vein of uh, Rain and Blood. And uh, this Jesus Saves and Altar of Sacrifice, I forgot to mention, they both played those songs live over 400 times. So they seem to like those songs too. While 
Necrophobic wasn't played that much, 100 times. And Criminally Insane, which is the next track, which I have nothing written down about. So, Kenneth, I'll ask you about the song then. Um, yeah, the song is all right. It, again, again, all there's, they sort of wanted to, like, there's the pattern here for, for the lyrics is that everything, it's about evil, more or less, criminally insane, and the idea of someone who's uh, not all there, and, or not right in the mind. So they, they pretty much try to, um, I, I feel like at times the album wants to shock you. It just wants to shock you with lyrics that you wouldn't hear on most normal record albums or most record or rock or metal. And uh, yeah, again, again, it's a strong song. Um, I'm not sure if I'm particularly um, attached to the song, but but it's still, it's in the same vein as the, all the previous songs in my mind. And Billy? Yeah, no, I, I agree. I might like it slightly more than uh, Ken, ju just musically uh, from the sounds of it. But I think the interesting, and I didn't even realize this, I was just kind of, you know, doing a, a bit of a refresher yesterday, knowing we have the podcast, but this was actually the uh, single from the album. Uh, I didn't even realize there was a single uh, for the album. And <laughs> apparently when it was released, again, this is as good as the source was that I read, but apparently uh, the drums were remixed to make it slightly less intense um so so i don't know i thought that was kind of interesting i didn't know that um and how true that is but it was one of the bigger magazines uh uh that i kind of read about it from so so maybe it, it's it's true but uh but yeah another great song uh you know nothing more to add there yeah and i did read i forgot i was just looking this up here about about how the songs are short, about me complaining about the songs being short or the album being short. But Jeff Hainemann did say that they were listening to Metallica and Megadeth at the time or before before they made the album, maybe. And they were finding the repetition of guitar riffs tiring. <laughs> so they thought that what they just played and they didn't try to make the song shorter. It's just the way they turned out because they were playing so fast and then they were done the song, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> And I guess I didn't like the repetitive riffing that I guess those other two bands would do. Uh, where was I? Oh, okay. Now we're on to Reborn, another two-minute song. Yeah. And I already said what I said. Okay, Reborn. Billy, what do you think of Reborn? Uh, yeah, I mean, I just, you know, more of the same, uh, just more, you know, brutal uh, intensity, you know, a uh, little more straightforward uh, song, um, you know, uh, yeah, so, some good soloing here again. Um, I mean, it's interesting. I, you know, I'm a big fan of all the songs, but, you know, if I had to sort of, we're hitting the album where if I were to pick two songs that, you know, still great songs, but my least favorite on the album are Reborn uh, and the next one, Epidemic, uh, mm -hmm. are probably my two least favorite. But that said, still, still great songs, uh, you know, for this album. Um, but I just didn't find them like from a writing perspective as memorable. Um, but still, the intensity just makes them great songs. Yes, Ken, and what do you think? Yeah, the song. Yeah, the song is okay. It's not. It's one of not one of my favorites either. Although lyrically, like basically when you listen to it, the idea of being reborn is that there's an unnamed person who's incarcerated and may have made a deal with the devil and is going to die, but will be reborn. So it's a very basic concept. Um, it's okay. I, I, like Billy, I could, I don't mind the song, but it, it, I find when you get to this portion of the album, it dips a little bit, just slightly before yeah. it picks up again at the end. But yeah, the song is all right. It's still strong. It's two minutes. Anything longer than two minutes, I'm kind of wondering um, how that how that would go if it was like maybe three, four minutes longer. I don't know. But two minutes, yeah, it's it's fine at that length. Well, they would definitely have to slow down. I think a little if they yeah. did some longer songs. Like I mean, I mean, Raining Blood is fast, but we're gonna get to that. But it's not as fast as some of these really short ones, right? They, and even the Angel of Death is a little bit. So like the two most popular songs from the album are the two longest ones on the album. So I don't know, maybe I have something, maybe I am getting somewhere. <laughs> anyway, let me go to Epidemic. I don't think this is about COVID, but uh, <laughs> uh, Kenneth, what do you think of Epidemic? 
Um, again, it, it's all right. Um, I don't mind the song. I, it, it doesn't really, I was listening to this the other day myself. And it's all right, though, but I don't really have a lot to say about it. It's it's just continuing in the same vein for me. Um, maybe I, I, I think I might like Reborn slightly better than Epidemic. But yeah, these are the two songs that are sort of the same, same kind of tone and style and feel. And, it, you know, it's all right. But that's what I have to say about it, though, really. Uh, and uh, uh, Billy, do you have anything to add about Epidemic? No, I agree completely. Uh, you know, as I said, Epidemic and Reborn, uh, you know, very similar. You know, my two least favorite tracks. I think Ken said it all. Yeah, and like I just mentioned, you got Raining Blood and Angel of Death. Both those songs are over four minutes long. Yeah. And then you got all these two-minute songs, and they just whiz by so fast. And you guys, you like the songs, but they don't, you know, they're not classic songs necessarily, but you still love them. But... Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think they should have maybe threw another longer one in between all these instead of just going 100 mile an hour all the time. <laughs> and I'm still waiting for a ballad. I still haven't heard a ballad on here. Oh, yeah. Anyway. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> anyway, I don't like ballads, so don't worry. Okay, then we go to Postmortem. And I think this is one of the more uh, popular songs, and it actually happens to be the third longest song on the album at three and a half minutes. And this one is not played at 100 miles per hour. I find this one's only played at 95 miles per hour. <laughs> and so, uh, Billy, what do you think of Post Mortem? Yeah, I think one of the uh, the stronger tracks, uh, and I can't help but view this song as literally the the intro of uh, Raining Blood, right? Like, I think of the two, like, hand in hand. Yes. Uh, like, I don't think I can listen to Raining Blood without postmortem first. Like, they're, they're just like essential back to back listening. But, you know, again, that, you know, those memorable guitar riffs at the start of the song, and they sort of pick up again, you know, near the end of the song. Uh, and Blake, I think you kind of mentioned it, you know, maybe not 100%, 95. Like, you know, the pace eases slightly here at times. And, you know, so a little more dynamic. It makes the heavier parts even heavier. But, you know, again, just checks all the boxes. You get another classic Tom, uh, like Super Scream in the uh, song, you know, Dave's drumming, the uh, chaotic solos, just, a, you know, perfect Rain and Blood song. And it sets the stage for what's coming next. Yes. And Kenneth, what do you think of Postmortem? Yeah, Billy said it all. That's, that's exactly, it's like the handoff song. It's the song that you get just before you get the big finale. Um, there's a lot of downtuned rhythms in this song, which which I like. So it, it just adds to the kind of the uh, dark feel to it. And yeah, it basically it's the handout. You can't listen to Rain and Blood without listening to this song first. I would agree. And do that. they play this one live before Raining Blood? Do you know? Do you remember? Um, not, not? I don't remember the show that I was at. I don't think so, but they could. Uh, yeah. yeah, often they don't play them. Uh, back oh, okay. Yeah. I just wondered if maybe they did because. Yeah. It is the third, it's the third uh, most song, the third highest song from this album that they've played live, but mm -hmm. not as much as it's like 1100 while Raining Blood, which we're talking about now, they've played it 1876 times. So it was definitely the song they played the most. And who wants to talk about Raining? I know I love Raining Blood. I love this song, but I'm going to let Ken go first on Raining Blood. Sure. So the, the song is the most interesting for the lyrics. Um, what I know about the song and what I've read and heard is that they decided to write a song about somebody who gets cast out of heaven, lands in purgatory, and while in purgatory decides or, or is scheming a, a, a vengeance, a plan of vengeance, and wants to fuck shit up and pretty much uh, destroy heaven. So it's, it's a very nihilistic song, but... Um, it's just epic. It has an epic sound. That the opening bit with the rain falling. It oh my god! It's like this song is absolute stunner right from beginning to end. And it's the best way. And I would think the, uh, the angel of death and this song here are the two that really cap off the album in my mind. So mm -hmm. I think you're right, Blake. I, I I think I get what you're saying about the, why you don't like this album as much because you get kind of filler in the middle, and there are some good choice cuts. But really, when you listen to this album, I think you're right. It's the two songs. It's the beginning and end song is what I think most people will remember. So I think yeah. you're right about that. I think I, I get I get why you're not so, like, really digging it as much. Yes. And, Billy, what do you think of Raining Blood? 
Yeah. So, so, you know, again, Ken said it well, I mean, for me, you know, probably second best metal song uh, uh, of all time. You know, you think about what we just listened to, you finally get a chance to breathe. Uh, you, you know, you get the rain sound, that light drumming taking place, you know, so, so what's going on here? First 20 seconds. And, you know, then all hell breaks loose as the, uh, as the song uh, takes off. But, you know, yeah, you know, you think about and this is probably one of tom's most infamous screams here uh you, you got that part near the end with the chugging guitars uh and then tom just shouts like raining blood like you know towards the end of the song just metal perfection uh, another uh, classic yeah. slayer song yeah for sure and did you know did, did you know that pop singer tori amos did a cover of this song I did hear that and was amazed. <laughs> no, I haven't heard it. I was just reading about this. And I, I guess they sent it to the band or something. And I'm not sure which member it was, but he said it took like a minute and a half to even figure out where she was in the song or something. <laughs> so I don't think they really liked it. And I'm sure it's not going to be Tori Amos isn't going to be doing it the way Slayer did it. But no. they still sent her Slayer T-shirts or something, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and for those who don't, I, I happen to know because my wife's a big Tori Amos fan. But I mean, Tori's you know literally a female singer songwriter who largely sings with her piano playing. So mm. like probably one of the last people you'd expect to play a Slayer song. Yeah, on piano, on my yeah. dad too. Yeah, <laughs> that was weird when I saw that, and I'm sure lots of groups have covered it, but. Yeah. I did read a list, but I didn't even know any of the bands that they said covered it. I'm sure there's been some other metal bands that have covered it. But yeah. anyway, so that's the album. I know on the re-releases or on Spotify, there is an extra song now or something, but we're not going to worry about that because this was the original album. So we're going to rate this album out of 10. Uh, Billy, what would you give this out of 10? Uh, I mean... I mean, it may sound like a cop-out, but I'm going 10 out of 10. As far as I'm concerned, if you got the best song in metal history and the second best, uh, it's got to be a perfect album. And, you know, as we talked about the songs in between, some are better than others, but just the sheer intensity. I mean, if you're a thrash fan, this is the album, in my opinion, that you'll judge all other thrash albums by. Um, so again, 10 out of 10 for me. And Ken? The same, 10 out of 10. I agree, Billy. I totally agree with them. This album is uh, very, uh, it's, it's the album that you would, you would, uh, if you're thinking about thrash metal, this is one of the three that you would bring up for sure. Absolutely. No question. Hands down. Okay. Now for me, I'm giving it a seven out of 10, but we already know why we've already talked about my <laughs> faults with it. And it's not Sorry. that I don't like Slayer. Like I said, I really like the first two and I like South of Heaven a lot. And even God Hates Us All is pretty good and stuff, too. But, yeah, just I never really just never really got into this one except for those two songs. <laughs> but even those two songs could give it a 10, even with their filler songs. But anyway, and I'm sure probably in 1986, I was just listening to so much other stuff, too, which we will get to when we do our top 10 list. Now, for seeing the band live, uh Let's start. Oh, Billy, I guess. I know you just mentioned before we started, you've seen them lots of times. So it's, how many times have you seen Slayer live? Yeah, I'm somewhere between uh, 25 and 30 uh, uh, concerts. Um, so yeah, definitely. Uh, and being my favorite band, you know, I go out of my way. You know, having you know, uh, you know, you mentioned it, going to festivals. Uh, you know, I've lived in Canada and the U.S. and I've always lived in city hubs that are near other cities. So you know, on a tour, I would often see them two or three times uh, as they come through on that same tour. So. Uh, you know, just just you know, and a band that that's amazing live. Uh, first time I ever saw Slayer live uh, would be uh, on the uh, South of Heaven tour. Uh, it was in Montreal at the Verdun Auditorium, uh, a common place Slayer would actually play there. So very memorable there being uh, the first show. Uh, I, I, that was my first like real mosh pit. Remember, I'm coming from like bands like uh, Twisted Sister and Van Halen and, you know, the, the hard rock ACDC. To, to see that Slayer crowd, that, that was just eye opening. 
learning and, and like a totally <laughs> unique uh, uh, experience. You know, another great memory seeing them at Vakken, uh, you know, just seeing your favorite band with 75,000 people singing along with you. That was really cool. And then just really quickly on the uh you know they did sort of the three legs of their uh of their closing tour i got to see each leg um so the toronto show was like a really good memory uh, i actually i rarely do this but i did their vip tour so i got to meet the uh, guys uh, earlier got my picture with them uh, and i actually was able to watch the whole concert side stage so it was like totally unique experience um so that was, a, I mean, literally just staring at the guys like from the side. That was amazing. The, the flames in the background, like I was sweating the whole show because the intensity of the heat uh, behind the drums was crazy. And then just lastly, uh, seeing them in New York, Madison Square Garden, sold out Madison Square Garden. All I got to say there, when a band like Slayer sells out Madison Square Garden, that's amazing in itself. So I'll leave it there. I've said enough on that uh, live shows that's cool ken how many times have you seen slayer um a handful of times not as much as billy um although i but like i saw the farewell tour which was all right um and i actually seen the the last tour that jeff was on before he passed away so like 2009 uh when it was uh, uh megadeth uh, testament and, and slayer that was a really good show i really enjoyed it it was uh Although we didn't know at the time that Jeff was going to pass away not long after that, but but mm -hmm. um, it was a very memorable night for me. I've only seen him a few times, so so. But I've always enjoyed every time, every show I've seen. I've always enjoyed. I've always had a good time. There's never been a bad Slayer show. No, I think for me, I think I've seen them just three times. It's hard to remember when you go to a lot of concerts in the '80s, but I did see them with uh, Pantera in Hamilton, Ontario. Yeah with Pantera and Static X and Morbid Angel. So yeah. that was a memorable show to see them with Pantera because I really like Pantera. And of course that was the original Pantera, obviously. Can't even remember the year. I don't even know what the tour was. I don't know if it was Pantera was headlining or Slayer. I can't even remember. Do you remember Ken? Because you were at that show was, too. I, I think it was Slayer. And Do you know I, what, was it a special it, tour? It would have been mid nineties, I think it was. If I remember correctly, so it might have been before, was it seasons or before seasons? Yeah, I can't remember that. I think it might have been divine intervention, uh, Blake. I think if I'm okay, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Because I might even went more because I wanted to see Pantera. I'm not sure because yeah. I think that was the only time I ever seen Pantera. So yeah, Pantera. That, I did not close the show. I think Slayer did. Yeah. Okay. I thought I thought that was a yes. Yeah. And I thought I seen them open up for Heaven and Hell. Now I could be wrong, but in London, Ontario, Heaven and Hell played. You know, Dio and Iommi, yeah. and I was sure uh, Slayer opened up for them for some reason. I don't know why, but I was sure that I did. And then I did see the farewell tour in London, Ontario. Right. So a little smaller than your big things. And as far as I can recall, that's the only three times I've seen them. I could be forgetting one, but I'm sure that's it. So that's Slayer, but now we're going to just do our, we're going to finish off the podcast with our top 10 metal albums of 1986. So we can see where Slayer fits in. And since both you guys gave it a 10 out of 10, I'm pretty sure it's going to be pretty <laughs> high on your list. <laughs> so let's start with, let's start with Kenneth, I guess you do your top 10 first. Okay, sure. So uh, my number 10 is actually Killer Doors, um, Stand Tall. <laughs> Love that album. Oh, great choice. Yeah, I love that album. Yeah, that album was awesome. Um, number nine, and I know Blake, you're not a fan, but Ozzy, uh, Ultimate Sin, because I okay. love Lee, and that cover was amazing. Um, yeah, I, I love that album a lot. Uh, my number eight is Alice Cooper, Constrictor, and knowing that I'm a huge horror fan, for me, it's like one of the one, one of his better albums were horror and uh, metal get mixed. It's, it's a great album. Mm -hmm. I love that album. Uh, number seven is, uh, of course, Flotsam and Jetsam, Doomsday for the, uh, for the Deceiver. And that's got to go on the list. That, that's, that's a classic, classic thrash album for me. Uh, number six, I'm going to go with Pleasure to Kill from uh, Creator. Again, one of my favorite German thrash bands. Uh, number five, Destruction, Eternal Devastation. Again, I love that album to death as well. Uh, number four, Maiden Somewhere in Time. 
which I, I wanted to put that higher, but I, I love that album, but I couldn't, I, I just couldn't put it as number one. Uh, of course, I'm putting Rain and Blood as number three. Oh. Now, I do like it, but for some reason at the time, it was overshadowed for me for the next two bands. And number two, Megadeth, Peace Cells, which again, I totally love that album. And then you know where, where I'm going with number one, and that's yeah. Master of Puppets. <laughs> um, as much as I love Slayer, the, those two albums, I was listening to constantly at the time when they came out. I, I couldn't stop listening to both those two albums. So then when, when I started listening to Slayer, it's like, yeah, I love Slayer too, but uh, I just, yeah, Megadeth and Metallica, I just couldn't stop listening to. Well, the Slayer album came out in October. I don't have wrote down when Master and Peace Cells came out. So you're probably, yeah, you're listening to them more. And, you know, there's only a couple months left in that year. Master, like After April, I believe it came out, if I'm, not, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. They both came out just previously before Rain did. Hmm, that's a good list. Uh we have a few matches, but I'll let Billy go with your top 10. Start at number 10. Yeah, so uh, I mean, this was it was certainly a, a tough task. I, I narrowed it down <laughs> to 15, uh, and then I was sort of cursing you, Blake. It's like, damn you, a list of 10, why not 15? Um, <laughs> and again, the order could switch, like, plus or minus, like, one or yeah. two spots on any given day. But so yeah. number 10, uh, this was, uh, we heard this one already, uh, Destruction, Internal Devastation, just classic mm-hmm. album, you know, finally got to see those guys live uh, not too long ago and a song from here curse the gods one of my favorites got to hear that live so that was cool uh, another repeat number nine flotsam and jetsam doomsday uh, doomsday for the deceiver one of the best sort of uh, thrash debut you know sort of uh, early albums um on that front, uh, I'm going to go Canadian on the next one, uh, Sword uh, with Metal Eye. So just a really cool uh, traditional metal band. Uh, I know Metallica was kind of fond of them and kind of got them some opening spots on some uh, some of the Metallica gigs. So that was cool. Uh, we got another repeat here, Megadeth, Peace Cells. Uh, you know, obviously a big fan of the album. Uh, I prefer Rust in Peace a little more, but, you know, that's obviously not uh, 1986 uh, <clears throat> I'm going to like totally shift gears on you guys uh, Cinderella uh, yeah. night song so you know cool. I- not the the biggest sort of hair metal you know genre but this was my favorite band from there i just thought the songs were incredibly catchy and like tom's uh, bluesy uh vocal approach um Number five, uh, another repeat again, Iron Maiden, Somewhere in Time, uh, my favorite Maiden album. And, you know, super excited that for the first time ever on this tour uh, that Maiden's doing, they're playing Alexander the Great. And so we're going to yeah. get to hear that masterpiece uh, for the first time, which is pretty incredible. Uh, number four. Uh, we're talking heavy, doomy, um, Candlemas, Epicus, Doomicus, Metallicus, just a great contrasting album to what I was listening to at the time. Slow it down, heavy, thick riffs, just, you know, brutally intense. Um, Number three, continuing with the uh, German thrash scene, Creator, Pleasure to Kill. Just love that album. I mean, a, a big step up from, you know, Endless Pain. I mean, to me, Millie's like a thrash metal god. Um, and so that was great stuff. Number two, uh, this was hard. Uh, but Metallica, Master of Puppets. Um, actually, that's my second favorite uh, Metallica album. Um, and so this, and then Slayer, Rain of Blood, number one. I, I struggle. I switched them around uh, throughout the night yesterday. Uh, but that's, that's where I'm going to leave it for, for today. So, um, but yeah, just a great year for music, right? I mean, yeah. maybe and we're all kind of old guys. And so probably we all have this, you know, 86, 87, 88, 89, yeah. just such a golden period. Um, but yeah, so many great albums that year. Okay, yes, that's good. I think I matched maybe five of yours and four of tens, I think, something like that. And you could have mentioned some honorable mentions if you wanted to. I'll mention a few honorable mentions and I'll do that. No, I was I was considering Exciters unveiling the Wicked Canadian thrash band. I was considering Pile Driver, another Canadian band, Stay Ugly, their second album. 
And another Canadian band, Sacrifice, who was on, oh no, nobody had that on the list, right? No. Nope. Sacrifice's uh, debut album, Torment and Fire, I also considered that. And I don't, maybe I shouldn't admit this, but I also considered Poisons, look what the cat dragged in. <laughs> <laughs> Because as, like you said, Billy, you have a hair metal album on there, and I actually have a couple on mine, so. <laughs> but I don't listen to hair metal anymore, but at that time, I was listening to everything at the time that was going on. But I know there's a few bands that you both had on your list that I don't have on my list, so we'll start with my number 10 is Creator, Pleasure to Kill. Which is, really I didn't really listen to Creator that much, but I happened to get that album, probably read something where they were a great German thrash band, so I bought it, and I like that one. Number nine, I have Rain and Blood, the one we just did. <clears throat> Number eight, I have Fastway with their Trick or Treat soundtrack for that movie, Trick or Treat, as I really liked Fastway, especially the first two albums. This was actually the fourth album. I didn't really like the third album too much, I don't think. But anyway, I love the movie, so I think it kind of goes with, the, I love the movie, so that's on my yeah, list. Number seven, I got Joe Satriani with his instrumental debut album, Not of This Earth, as I was really into Joe Satriani and Steve Vai back then when I thought I could maybe learn to play something like them, which I realized I couldn't. <laughs> I really like that album. Number six, oops, I guess this would probably kind of be considered a, Sorry, heavy metal. Oops, uh, is David Lee Roth. <laughs> and yeah. I have Eat Him and Smile as my number six album. Because again, Steve Vai, I just mentioned Steve Vai. I love Steve Vai. And he's on there. And sure, there's some lame songs on it, but there's some great songs with his guitar playing on it. That, And I did like Van Halen when David was in the band, of course. And number five, I have Cinderella Night Songs. As Yes, I did. That's one of the few hair metal bands and albums that I will still put on today, as I like the first two Cinderella albums a lot, Long Cold Winter and this one, as it did have the bluesy thing, like you said. And now this one that didn't appear in anybody's list, number four is King Diamond and his debut album, Fatal Portrait. Yeah. That was big into Merciful Fate. So, of course, as soon as he had an album out, I was going to buy it anyway. And another band, I'm surprised that neither one of you had on your list, but my number three is Metal Church with The Dark, which is their second album, because I love the first two Metal Church albums. Uh, I have it on my honorable mentions. Yeah, okay. yeah. So, yeah, so I, I love Metal Church. So that's why, because my first three were easy when I <laughs> made this list. And you already probably... You can probably guess my first two now, but number two is Megadeth, Peace Sells, but who's buying? I love that album. That's my favorite Megadeth album. Yeah. And of course, number one is Metallica with Master of Puppets because Metallica was my band back then. I got into metal through Iron Maiden, but then when Kill 'Em All came out, like Metallica was my band. So yeah. it would be hard for me not to have Metallica, especially Ride the Lightning or Master of Puppets. Those are two of my favorite albums ever. So it would be hard for anything to dethrone that from my top 10 list of the year. So that's cool. it. Anybody else want to mention any other honorable mentions? Maybe just if we nobody else mentioned them. Um, yeah, you go ahead. You go ahead first, Ken. Oh, sure, sure. Uh, honorable mentions. I had a couple. Um, yeah, for sure. Judas Priest, Turbo. I did like that album quite a bit. I know it's more commercial, but it's pretty cool. Uh, Bad Brains, I, I against I, which I really, really liked at that time when it came out. Uh, oh, and um, Awaken the Guardian. Which I also, which I also really, really loved as well. Um, so yeah, there's a few that I had. And Billy, yeah. So I had Awaken the Guardians uh, as well. Um, mm -hmm. Metal Church, The Dark. You mentioned that one, Blake. Uh, mm -hmm. Another like I struggled with putting this one, getting it in there, but it just fell out. Dark Angel, Darkness Descends, yeah. you know, another sort of classic thrash album, and maybe slightly lesser known, but uh, a band uh, onslaught, The Force. Uh, was another sort of great uh, album from 1986. Uh, and then lastly, Possessed, uh, another Possessed, uh, Beyond mm -hmm. the Gates uh, was another one. So those were kind of my 15 that I was like playing with. And you both mentioned Iron Maiden's album and it's, 
I know I was big in Iron Maiden before Metallica, and I still and I still listen to that. If we would have did this list, if we were in 1986 now when we made this list, I probably would have put that on my list. But just as years go by, I don't really listen to the album anymore. Probably just because I listened to the first five, and then I kind of stopped <laughs> listening to Maiden albums too often. So that's probably why it's not on my list. But like I said, if it was 1986, it probably would have been on my list. Yeah. But since we're talking about what we think now, that's why it's not on my list. Anyway, so that was a good chat about Slayer. We definitely needed to get a Slayer on one of these podcast episodes. And even though, yes, the first album is my favorite Slayer album, but I know Rain and Blood is so highly, not just by YouTube, but by so many people rated as top metal album ever, top thrash metal album ever, and all those lists. And I knew it was one we had to do, even though it wasn't my favorite, because I'm all for what the people want. <laughs> so thanks you guys for joining me thanks ken and thanks billy yep no problem thanks lots of fun yeah okay and make sure again everybody checks us out on our website www.themetalpit.org and check out all our album reviews interviews we got a youtube channel you can listen to our podcast on the youtube channel as i've started to add them there and we will see talk to you again next week thanks for listening bye